Time for our monthly chamber chat. Members of the Northeastern Connecticut Chamber of Commerce were joined by Chamber President Donna Copeland of Country Living at Westview Commons. Betty Kujai is the executive director, and a couple of the members join us today include Sherry Poirier of Health Education Center and Heather Logi of Wyndham Tolland County 4-H Camp and Foundation. Ladies, good morning. Thanks for coming in for today. And we always begin our chamber chats each month with Betty's update on what's been going on in the last month with the chamber. Betty, good morning. Good morning. How are you, Wayne? So far, so good. All right. Well, we've been busy, as always. We just uh, got uh, 62 cases of our brand new chamber membership directory and community guide delivered to the office. So uh, we're in the midst of uh, getting ready to mail to the membership the new guide along with our 2019 annual report. And um, it's fabulous. It's 84 pages long. It's great. It's got a, a page for each and every town that we serve, the 23 towns, uh, you know, a full listing of our chamber members. They're names addresses phone numbers and uh, we're really excited it's it's a beautiful piece a high gloss piece we'll be delivering one to each chamber member and uh cases to our our town halls libraries tourism centers and the like but it's is there a page in there about the new president donna copeland no, not yet. Oh, <laughs> oh, she's giving me one here, so I can thumb through it as we talk this morning. You can morning. have that. Oh, look, sure. right there on the very front, there's a big frog. You betcha. Not sure which frog that is, one of our four frogs on the Thread City Crossing. Donna, good morning. How goes the early months of your presidency? Good morning. So far, so good. We're off to a running start this week with three early morning meetings. Yes. So tell me what has been so far. What are some of the things that you've tried to keep going or initiate with the chamber? Well, uh, my role as the president is to um, be out there talking about the chamber, promoting events. We have an event coming up this Friday, this week, 7.30 a.m. at Grill 37 with House Majority Leader Matt Ritter. And um, if you are interested in going to that, reach out to the chamber. We do still have some tickets available. And he will be talking about the upcoming legislative session in Hartford, and business members are urged to come with their questions. Yeah, and that's one way, again, to get business leaders involved with the legislature so that each knows what the other has on their mind, right? Very important. The legislators are out here talking to this chamber on a regular basis, and uh, we share our ideas and information with them. You've also got a business after hours coming up on February the 26th. And tell me how those things work and how valuable they are to the business community. Actually, invaluable. I've personally made some great connections and um, been doing business because of meeting people at Business After Hours for all the years I've been involved in the chamber. Tell about um, Scott Duplissier. Yes, uh, FAST, which is Fire Alarm Safety Design, uh, Scott Duplissier. I met at a chamber business after hours right here on Main Street in Willimannock at the Brew Pub and uh, found out what he did for a living, connected him with our contractor for Country Living at Westview Commons, and he got a very large bid for that job Mm -hmm. just because of that meeting. I didn't know who he was, and he didn't know who I was, and and Betty encouraged me to mingle with people I didn't know. So that's what Business After Hours is all about. (laughs) Don't stand in the corner and talk to your teammate. Get out there and shake hands and meet people. Network. Network. The network is just in valuable 23 towns we cover if you want to expand the business it's a way to do it 
We're also joined this morning by a couple of the chamber members, including Sherry Poirier, Development Coordinator of Eastern Connecticut Health Education Center. Well, there are a lot of AHECs that are around the nation. That is a nationally funded organization. Um, and the AHEC is, we are Eastern AHEC of Connecticut, but we've changed our name to the Health Education Center because what we do is we provide educational trainings to those that are in the healthcare field, those that are going into the healthcare field, such as college students, or uh, high school students that are interested in learning more about it. So we give them leadership into how, what they have to do to apply to colleges, what kind of background trainings they should have before they get into colleges to give them a head start, because it's not always easy once they get in there. Um, so those are some of the facets we, we provide. Um, we provide other pathway trainings for um, providers that are in the healthcare field, such as the ASSIST training, which stands for Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training. It's a two-day certification training skill where those that provide services to those uh, in need can be able to understand if uh, suicide prevention is required. And there's other um, trainings that we provide, just basic CPR, AED trainings, the QPR, which is question, persuade, and refer. Yep. And we also provide a medical interpreter training, which is also combined with our community health worker um, initiative. And we are working with the state right now to be able to get that CHW training, a certified uh, course within the state of Connecticut. So once you take the training, you become a certified CHW, and you have a pathway to go in and get a job. There's a lot of stuff under that yeah. umbrella. How did you get first involved in this? Uh, actually, I was working. I went to a, um, I volunteer with Generations, and I went on an event with them, and I met the executive director of Eastern AHEC at that time, and we, we um, spoke a lot about some of the passions we have, so she asked me to start working for her. So I did, and um, we've moved on since then. We have a new executive director, and we've, we're taking uh, many of the same and many different pathways to go forward with helping Eastern Connecticut, both Wyndham and New London counties. And we're working across the state um, in combination with the other AHECs and other um, colleges, community colleges, et cetera, to be able to provide these trainings um, and help those that are in the healthcare field going into it. How do you go about encouraging medical schools to increase the number of students and residents trained in rural communities? We provide them, like I said, the pathways. We provide them leadership as to what is necessary um, to stay within Connecticut, um, whether what certifications they need, what trainings they need, what platforms they need to get onto. Uh, we connect them with our partners so they can get into um, into some job training, on-the-job skill training, um, and many of those end up being hired by the hospitals or CH, uh, excuse me, federally qualified health centers that we partner with. Do you go out into high schools and the like to yes. let the students know this is an opportunity for them down the road? Yeah, we work with Wyndham High Schools, Wyndham Technical Schools, um, particularly in the healthcare um, facet there, and we provide them the trainings there. Another thing we do here in Willimannock is the interprofessional educational training. And um, we work with Coventry Soup Kitchen. And we go in there with... Uh, the co probably Covenant Soup Kitchen. Yes, excuse yeah. me, Covenant Soup Kitchen. And we 
provide, we bring in our college students and they provide um, services to those that are in need, that are there looking to speak with someone. They can't make it to the doctor's office, so they come up and they work with those students. And we have doctors there that are looking over everything that goes on, making sure that these students are giving the correct information, asking the correct questions, et cetera. And it's called interprofessional educational training because we have doctors that work with nurses, that work with pharmacists, that work with um, community health workers, that work with interpreters. They all work um, together with one patient to be able to get their um, thoughts, their um, focus on this one patient so they can work together and, and, and uh, make, meet the needs of the patient. There's that networking concept exactly. once again. Sherry Poirier, Development Coordinator of Eastern Connecticut Health Education Center. Also joined by Heather Logie, Camp Director of the Wyndham Tolland 4-H Camp located in Pomfret. She even has a, a little fleece thing on here that says Wyndham Tolland 4-H Camp staff member. So Heather, good morning. Tell good me morning. exactly what the Wyndham Tolland 4-H Camp is all about. Uh, we are a summer camp program. We also do some off-season stuff, but mainly summer camp for kids uh, 6 to 17. Um, we do day camp and resident camp, um, and we fill almost every summer. So we're, we're excited about that. Um, and we have, you know, you can start overnight camp at 7. Day camp starts at 6. Um, we do a long day, so our day campers uh, arrive between 8 and 8.30, go home between 5 and 5.30. Uh, we provide lunch and snacks, so... Um, unlike a lot of day camp programs that are just a nine to three or something, we give a, that longer day, um, resident camp, um, Sunday to Friday. Um, and we have a leadership program for our 15 to 17 year olds. So we are, um, doing a lot of activities. Um, the kids get to pick from 15 different things they get to pick from. Um, and they, if they're doing swimming, they're getting swim lessons. They're, you know, increasing their skills um, in all of the activity areas. If you're in any of the performing things, drama, dance, musical theater, any of those, you're doing a performance at the end of the week for your parents um, during our closing ceremony. And uh, I was just telling the ladies before, I'm actually leaving today, um, this afternoon, to go to London to do some hiring some, of some international staff. Um, last summer we had six, nine different countries represented on our staff. Um, to give that cultural experience as well. So um, we are busy in Pomfret. Um, camp is over half full already, um, and it's only the middle of February, So, um, and a bunch of day camp weeks are, are completely full. So, Heather, you indicated that it's a summer camp. So what goes on in the middle of February at the Wyndham Tolland 4-H camp? Well, just this past Saturday, we actually had a camper game day. We had 22 kids at camp, uh, 6 to 12 years old. We played games all day. We went outside. Um, we also do teen weekends. We have one kind of up at, coming up in March. Um, uh, we do that three times a year for the teens. They come for the whole weekend. We play games. They work on some leadership skills. Um, and we also do um, educational programs for schools. Um, I go to the schools and do some programming, and they also come out and do some environmental um, things with us in the spring and in the fall. So, And uh, we are gearing up. We have some fundraisers coming up. So uh, we have to repair our dam, which is going to be a big project for us, and we have a fundraiser uh, on March 20th uh, for that at Hampton, uh, in Hampton at Stonehurst. Um, and uh, Craig Gates is generously donating the space for us to do a concert um, 7 to 11 um, for that. But we are just getting ready. You know, right now I'm hiring staff and uh, we're going to some conferences coming up. So we are busy all year long, um, not only with camp, but our foundation um, and getting ready to get camp ready. 
Who are your staff members at this camp? Who are the ones you're hiring? Um, mostly college-age students. Um, and, you know, we're looking for lifeguards and swim instructors, archery instructors. Um, and they all live at camp all summer long. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a great experience and community that you can't create anywhere else but at summer camp. When you live and work with the same people for 10 straight weeks. And I'm connecting the dots here. Is it safe to assume that maybe when you were between 6 and 17, you were a camper at the Wyndham Tallinn 4-H camp? Yes. I started at camp when I was 7. Betty was a camper, and Donna said her kids had come to camp. So um, my great-aunt actually was a counselor back in in the 1950s when they started um, camping in Pomfret. We camped other places before that, but... um, definitely in my blood. Um, this will be my 14th summer as the director, um, and I wouldn't want anything else than working and being at camp and with kids all summer long. Well, Betty, yeah. I, I want to hear about your camping days. Because <laughs> it was about 10 years ago you were between 6 and 17, as I recall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was like 1967 or so, um, and then I went with my two sisters, and it was a fabulous experience, you know, being in a cabin with other individual, other women who, or young young ladies that I had n- no idea who they were. Got to meet them. We became connected, and and uh, we didn't have anywhere near the number of activities that they do now. They have a full equestrian program over there that, you know, I would have died for. I, I, I would have loved to have had that. But I learned to swim at camp, and it was a do-or-die situation. I was uh, determined that I was not going to be in, in uh, but the expert pool. <laughs> and nearly, nearly drowned doing it, but I was not going to be in anything other than that. Um, and loved it. It was just a fabulous experience. We went back the next year. My sister got camp spirit. Uh, the first year we went, of course, it was hard living with her after that. <laughs> it was a wonderful experience. What does I that said, mean? Uh, you're basically, when, when I went to camp, we each were uh, assigned to a tribe, an Indian tribe. I was a Wabakwasset. Uh, yeah, I don't we know. We don't have tribes anymore. Yeah, they don't have that anymore. No, she, we have we have squad time instead. Okay, she <laughs> she was a nipmunk, and basically it it's kind of like a popularity thing. And of course, my older sister Sue was camp spirit, um, and um, it was it was just fabulous. We went back. We couldn't wait to go back the next year. And that's what the kids say all the time. You know, kids are crying on Friday when it's time to go home. Yeah. Parents think it's because they've missed them, but it's not. Um, it's because they don't want to go home. Um, you know, and a lot of our day campers and some overnight kids, they come for more than one week. They're not just coming one week. Our, we have day campers that are there eight weeks. We have, you know, eight weeks of day camp, seven weeks of overnight camp. And they just, they don't want to leave. They want, they've made friends. We have no electronics. So they're learning how to make genuine friendships um, that, th- that they don't make other places that because they're allowed to have their electronics in those other places. You know, you come to camp, it's electronic free. Um, best part for me, um, even in the off season when we have things, the teen, you know, you think teens want to be on their phone all the time. They come and they hand me their phones and say, I need this when I go with mom or dad, you know, on Sunday, but here it is. I don't want it for the weekend. Um, cause they want those face to face connections. They want those friendships that they've built and lifelong friendships. You know, when I go to Germany, I'm actually going to visit somebody I worked on staff with back in, in the early two thousands because we're still connected because of camp. You know, I ha- probably have a couch in about 10 different countries I could go to at any point in time and say, hey, I'm coming to visit 
and there'd be a cap, you know, I wouldn't have to pay for a place to stay because, because of, of camp. camp. Yeah. Because and, of camp. And do you, Heather, have times when there's a kid that leaves home for the first time? All the time. And they're a little <laughs> bit homesick and they don't want to be there. And then you kind of appease them on that first day. And by the time the week or so is up, they don't want to leave. Uh, uh, all the time, every single week. And a lot of times the homesickness, you know, the, the homesickness at camp, but the apprehension before is mom and dad. You know, mom and dad have to learn to let go and say, go have fun. Yeah, we're going to miss you, but you can do this. And the encouragement from home, don't send letters that say we miss you. That causes homesickness. You know, send the letters of we're proud of you. You're doing awesome. We know you're having a good time. You know, giving those encouraging words instead of you're missing this. We went to Bobby's today. Tomorrow we're going swimming at grandma's. Don't tell them that, you know, because what they've done, you know, they've accomplished way more than that. In the, in the two days that they've been at camp since that letter came that they've never done before, things that they've never done before. We have zip lining. We have a mid-high ropes course. Um, you know, we have horseback riding. We have, you know, all kinds of things. We have kids that sign up for musical theater that, you know, would never have done that otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, but because something else was full and they had to choose something, you know, something new, we try to get them to do new things um, that they've never done before, Um and at least try it once. We have one activity period that rotates, and that's also a time for our staff to teach things that n- aren't normal camp activities. You know, even as camp director, I teach one of those every Wednesday. We go frog catching slash mud fighting in the woods, and, you know, kids have an absolute amazing time doing something that at home is not allowed because you get too dirty. That's a curriculum you cannot build. You know? Right, <laughs> right. You, you know, and what better way than to throw mud at the camp director? Like, yeah. that's awesome, too. So, um, but... Camp just allows kids to be kids in a setting that builds friendships and relationships and respect um, that you can't create that in other places. Nowhere. Nowhere. Donna Donna Copeland, uh, when you were at the Wyndham Tolland 4-H camp, did you have frog fighting and little uh, mud stuff going on too? I I didn't attend. My children did. And yes, they absolutely did. And (laughs) I encouraged them right away to go. Um, and for them to be at home with a babysitter was not going to be a good option all summer. So they loved camp. Well, that sounds like fun. And you've got an open house coming up on March 8th. Tell me about that and who should come to the open house. Anyone's able to come to open house. It's from 2 to 4. We'll have some staff and kids. I have nine-year-olds that give tours about coming to summer camp that give better tours than some of my staff do because they have a passion for the experience that they had at camp. So from two to four, um, I'll be there um, to answer questions that the kids and other staff can't answer, but we will have tours. Uh, We always have snacks. It's something we always do at camp is eat. Um, And it is one thing we have awesome camp food. Um, If you ask any of our kids, they will tell you that the camp food is awesome, which is not what you hear about people going to other camps um, i'm not going to mention any names but other camps don't have as good as food as we do um, we've had the same cook for about six years now um, she loves kids and she, you know we work around all those allergy things um, sometimes we do you know ask for some supplemental stuff but um, you know open house march 8th two to four um, if you would like to come to camp interested in camp in any way definitely come out um, you know weeks are filling so don't think oh i'm gonna wait till june because when you wait till June, you're not going to get what you want or anything at all. Um, you know, weeks one, three, and seven 
Um, I wish I could tell you the dates, but I don't function on dates. I function on weeks. So um, they happen. Um, those weeks for day camp are completely full already. Um, wait listing already for those. Um, you can actually, you won't even see them online if you try to register um, for those. We do start camp on June 21st, Father's Day this year. Um, the way June falls, we're, we're starting on Father's Day. Um, and our last day of, of camp will be the 14th of August. And then we have family camp. So if you think, well, I want to go to camp as an adult, family camp is your opportunity. We do a 24-hour um, family camp where you can come with your kids, um, do all of the activities, um, and get a little piece of what your kids get to experience during summer camp. And what is the Ragged Hill Woods and Environmental Program? So that's our off-season um, leadership and environmental program. So um, recently we've been working with preschool classrooms in Putnam and Killingly um, and through Head Start, and I go to their classrooms and we do some science projects um, and then also um, bringing schools out to the camp. Um, and we do, um, in the spring, we do a lot of um, tadpoles and frogs and um, getting the kids into vernal pools, looking for those things. Um, and also some hikes and um, Stafford Elementary School is coming with their second grade this spring. Um, and we'll be doing some orienteering with them. So um, just getting kids out to camp um, Lisbon came in, in September, and we did trees with them. So just getting kids out in the environment, um, doing some science and also some leadership stuff. We work with Killingly FFA um, officer team doing some leadership training for them in the middle of the year. So we are um, expanding not only to doing summer camp stuff, but also that educational, environmental, and leadership piece in the off-season as well. I want to go. Am I too old? No, you can come <laughs> to family camp. Okay, family camp. That's mm -hmm. me. Heather Lochi from the Wyndham Tallinn 4-H Camp. She's the camp director. And going back to Sherry Poirier, Development Coordinator of Eastern Connecticut Health Education Center, the Federal Area Health Education Center program. Who do you find to be your primary clients? Who are the, the people in the community who use your services the most, Sherry? The most uh, we find, we find our clients in the schools, in uh, high schools and colleges. So those are our main um, contacts, are working with those individuals and those organizations. And what we do is we provide a pathway for them, for high school students to go into college. So we work with Yukon Health, we work with um, Eastern, we work with uh, Gateway Community College, we work with uh, EastCon. Um, we're working with them right now uh, in trying to get a platform going between our CHW and uh, medical interpreter training so that we can be a pathway for their students, some of their students there. So it is working with high school age students and um, first year college students. And what are your training sessions like? Are they like a classroom setting or are they getting out in the community or what, what are they like? They go on for all semester. Um, each semester with high school students, it is called the Youth Health Service Corps. And we have AmeriCorps coordinators that go out and work with those students to be able to get them um, focused on where they want to go in the future. Do they want to be CNAs? Do they want to be nurses? Do they want to be doctors? And if, however they answer that question, they'll be led into the correct pathway. And they'll connect them with people um, and providers that are, that are doing that. Sometimes it'll be a police officer coming in. Sometimes it'll be um, someone working at a hospital, a nurse practitioner or a doctor or a surgeon even we've had sometimes. 
So we co they come in and they provide um, feedback as to where the students are now, where they should focus, and how they, as providers, were in high school and how that got them to where they are now. So those kind of steps to learn where to go and what, uh, who to contact. Wrap things up with Betty and Donna, just other events that are coming up, including other business after hours on March the 5th. Yes, we have another business after hours coming up on March 5th, 5 to 7 p.m. at Pomfret School. That's going to be at the Parsons Lodge, which is in the back of the campus, uh, right in Pomfret. Then on uh, March 13th, we have our annual legislative breakfast out at EastCon. That's a 7.30 a.m. program. This event sells out every year. We invite 16 area lawmakers to attend. Uh, we get a pretty good turnout. We get anywhere from 10 to 12 lawmakers. And basically, it's a, for an opportunity for our business community to talk with the lawmakers about issues that are important to them as business people. Uh, we've invited Matt Ritter in specifically as House Majority Leader, uh, mostly because we want to know what issues are coming down the pike uh, in this next session. We uh, had wrapped our arms around the Family Medical Leave Act and minimum wage, and both of those two pieces of legislation were passed last year. Um, despite our best efforts, uh, but um, you know, the, it's it's important to understand what business issues are coming down the pike. And Matt uh, is, uh, we're hoping we'll have some interplay in terms of what the businesses are are feeling in in terms of uh, having to work in the state of Connecticut. And uh, he'll tell us what he sees coming coming down the pike. So, and then on April 8th, we're doing a workplace sexual harassment prevention training with attorney Meredith Diet out of Bircham Moses. She is a um, employment law attorney and uh, she'll be doing the required training uh, for this specific issue. Uh, the Time's Up Act requires all Connecticut employers with three or more employees to provide two hours of sexual harassment awareness prevention training. Uh, and if you have fewer than, than uh, three employees, then if there's any supervisor within that site, they need to go through that same training. When you're done with the training, you'll get a certificate that um, just uh, indicates that you've been through it and uh, you're all set for the year. So. All good programs and yep. people with the Northeastern Connecticut Chamber of Commerce as Betty Kujai, Executive Director, Donna Copeland's the President, and today we've been joined by Sherry Poirier, Development Coordinator of Eastern Connecticut Health Education Center, and Heather Logi, Camp Director of the Wyndham Tallinn 4-H Camp located in Pomfret. Folks, good to see you. Thanks for coming in this morning. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. 14 WILI Willimantic. We're also on 95.3 FM.